Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. You know, Dane, I rarely say this, but hear me now and believe me later. <laughs> Why this, did we say that to Arnold? That's a, one of the funniest ones. I know. Well, he loves it. That was fun. We get to really uh, talk about Hans and Franz with Arnold. And it is funny and fun to do an uh, Austrian accent to Arnold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could flick you with your little finger and you fly across the room and land in your own baby poop. <laughs> he made me laugh. He was such a warm, fun guy, likes comedy. He He knew a lot of our stuff. He also... Did a, recited a lot of his catchphrases. Wasn't that fun to hear him do it? Yes. We talked about Girly Man and how people said he, when he was governor of California, he would call people Girly Men and we talk all about that. <laughs> and uh, he loved the sketch. He's such a great sport. He's a great storyteller. He really, he really, I heard a lot of stories I'd never heard before about mm. how he got his start in Hollywood. And He's got uh, a book out with a lot of great, very interesting stories. Yeah, be useful and uh, very positive about, thinking. Positive thinker, hard worker, um, and it, the way he articulates. It's not his accent or anything anymore. It's just he makes things very clean and very simple. You have to get up every morning, and you know, be the hero of your life. You know, <laughs> you do things that are uncomfortable. You go toward the pain. Go toward the pain, and that's where all the good stuff is. You know, with pain, you yeah. get stronger. You know, and he is hypnotic, really, to listen to. Mm -hmm. The person who makes his bed is 78% more successful in life. I'm like, true. He's like, I just made that up. It sounds good, though. First, you get up, you put water on the face to wake <laughs> up the brain. And the then splash. You, yeah, then you put toothpaste on the toothbrush. And, on you, the start toothpaste to, and you start holder. to rub it against the teeth to get the freshness. And then you do a hundred sit-ups. <laughs> I go circular on my teeth. That's just me. <laughs> but yeah, he was so fun. And then he did uh, the catchphrase are funny. And also he liked that we were both not out of shape. Remember that? He asked us, and I, we're not making the, how do you fellas stay so lean? So he's asking oh, us. Yeah, I go, what? We're actually kind of tiny. But then at that point I thought, well, I'm going to do 10 push-ups for Arnold and have him comment on. So we'll you'll have to stay tuned All right. to, to see That's what happens. The end. You got to hang in there. Wait yeah. for it. Wait for it. Don't put yeah, pull off and uh finish it cuz you're going to Even, gonna even though when in a normal Instagram when it says wait for it, I say go die. I'm not waiting for anything. Don't tell me what to do. Right. Cuz it's like 8 seconds or 4 seconds. Wait for I'm here. Wait, what am I waiting for? I'm watching it. All right. Well, here's, uh, well, before I go on that tangent, here's Arnold. We had a blast with it and go buy his book. It was, it's a good book. 
And we did it live at his uh, incredible office building complex. Arnold has just walked into the building. He goes, you know me. <laughs> what already? Not only lions get out of their cages. A long time ago. Don't say anything if you don't have anything positive to say. <laughs> so it'll be kind of quiet. <laughs> what is this? He's there. got wires all Let's over. Let me do your trick. Wires. It's a little How long tiny. Have you guys been doing this? This 18 months. 18 months. Is that right? Yeah. And how did you end up together? We, I met him before SNL, believe yeah. it or not, in the 80s at the clubs and stuff. 80s, Jesus. Well, whatever. And then I moved back yeah. down to LA and we started hanging out. And then he, I had a little podcast I was doing. He came on. And then our manager said, yeah, you got to do this. So yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. But I think it's a great idea because I think it creates more energy if you have two people yeah, it does. kind of back and forth yeah, type it of thing. Makes yeah, it yeah. A lot it's easier. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes it go quicker mm -hmm. and he's pretty smart. And we both know a lot of the same Ooh. people. This guy is. And uh, he it would, happens. Sorry, Arnold. You're smart too. <laughs> oh, man. You, you, <laughs> Let me tell you. you I mean, it's, it's, it's really, I think this is the first one that we are doing with comedians. That's a fun am one. I, am I right? Yeah. First yeah. podcast. Yeah. Because, I mean, yes. you guys made me laugh. Let me tell you. More often than anything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when I. Conan yeah, is a comedian. You know, Conan. But not as yeah, funny as we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Conan yeah. But, yeah, but I, I don't see Conan as much as a, a comedian. Well, he's not a stand-up, but he's so, but, funny. Uh, but in yeah. general, because yeah. I know him more as a host right. of, a, of a very popular talk kind show. of a talk mm -hmm. show, right? Yeah. And I have done his show several yes. times, no, but not as a stand-up comedy. No, right. But I mean, we have all known each other on a personal level yeah and uh, have had a lot of fun together on the personal oh yeah and then you of course uh, you guys came to the white house <laughs> oh you yeah know, we're doing the hans and franz <laughs> we doing the ten, because we had this great american workout yeah which was kind of like a copy of what kennedy used to do mm -hmm. in the white house because all the other presidents really never really capitalized on this idea of president's council and physical fitness and sports right, right? created under eisenhower but then Kennedy made it kind of the become 50 a reality. Mile walk. I did yeah, exactly, that in, yeah. in school. It was it, when I was yeah, in sixth grade. It was like fifty push-ups, you know, pull-ups. Mm -hmm. You did all that. That's it made right. you stay in you shape. You got a medal when you yeah. could do certain yeah. things. And so what happened is, is that we had now the the the, the event, the Great American yeah. White Workout mm -hmm. at the South Lawn of the White House. Yes. But you don't just want to make it a fitness event, right? And mm -hmm. make it boring. So we wanted to make it hip. So we asked them, Hans and Franz had These to come idiots, to the White yeah. House and, and, and entertain the people and the kids and everybody. And they made everyone laugh and howl. And it was just huge. And it got, got us also, because of them, great ratings. Yeah, good press. And so mm -hmm. the, all the press was there. And, uh, you know, there were like the big shots from Saturday Night Live. And yeah. Hans and Franz still looking for, you know, Uncle Arnold. 
And, and we walked around and enough. just berated walk everyone. Around, exactly. Don't undo your belt, you might cause a flower lounge. Yeah, and then flip everyone <laughs> yeah. through the air to land in their own baby poop. That was the, yeah, that exactly. was one of the best. That yeah. that and your buttocks are like marshmallows. You're lucky I don't have a campfire here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're threatening to burn someone's Hans and Franz was so funny. It was so great when you did it. You didn't meet uh, house, right? You just came Yeah, I was on SNL. I was a, yeah. a guest. He, he invited me to come to yeah. the show and to be a guest there. And uh, with Danny DeVito, one yes. time I was there with Danny DeVito. Yes, and Danny was the pit bull. Twins. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, ah, trying to attack yeah, the exactly, audience. You yeah. were holding him back. Right. But we didn't know how you were going to react. We started doing it, and we hear Arnold's coming, Arnold's coming. And then they said, Arnold's waiting down the hall. This is an 8-H in New York. Yeah. So Kevin and I are a little nervous. We went in, and you're in some chair, and you lean back, and you go, uh, how do I do the accent again, fellas? <laughs> so then we knew you loved it. Well, no, but to me it was heaven because you have to understand that when I first wanted to get into uh, acting, one of the first things they said was, you know, it won't work. No one in America has ever made it that had an accent. It no is. one could be a leading man or anything. It is like tough, this. Yeah. It says It's really tough to do. People want to hear someone talk like John Wayne, like Clint Eastwood, mm -hmm. and or Al Pacino, this with the guys, you know. So uh, anyway, so then I realized that, that I had to kind of make the accent actually something not to hide it, mm -hmm. but to actually make something yes, of it. Accentuate. But then out of nowhere, yeah. without me controlling it, they came along mm -hmm. and they legitimized it yeah. because now there was someone that actually took that subject of accent mm -hmm. and, and had a good time with it. Mm -hmm. Not to make fun of it, but to actually entertain people with it and to do it overboard. And so all of a sudden from that point on, it became much more accepted, the yeah. whole thing, and it really became much easier for oh, me. Oh, I didn't even know and that. And it's but, also but, comedy, and you yeah. know, you doing a lot of action, it's good. You, now you're involved in comedy. It's just one more thing in the comedy field right. that people think of you, and then it's funny. And it's also, yeah, yeah. you were in on the joke. You were inside yeah, the absolutely. tent, no, I and loved we're all it. having fun. You know, I always yeah. had a good sense of humor, yeah. and uh, you always mm -hmm. was the first one to be able to make fun of myself and yeah. of my situation, the body, <laughs> you know, coming yeah. from Germany, and you know, all of this <laughs> right. kind of stuff, the German accent. The flabby <laughs> little puny exactly, arms yeah. and the little girly man which girly man was to me was just like you know gym talk like you look at your little puny arms you look like a girly man yeah. and then when you became governor sometimes you would use that to describe the legislatures <laughs> right yeah you would use some of it that yeah. a bunch of girly men yeah, exactly so we I would go on as you know that uh, we should sign this bill but you know, there's the legislators up there in Sacramento. There's such girly men; they're afraid to do the, the the hard work and all this stuff, and they were really offended by the of whole course. thing. So I actually stopped it, you know, because I said, "I said, you know, I want to work with those guys." I didn't, I didn't mean it in a negative, right. negative no, no, way. The, yeah. I just wanted to actually. I didn't want to insult them. I actually wanted to just entertain the crowd. Right. right. I was out in the shopping mall and I was like saying to the people, I said, be with me, you know, they vote for those initiatives that are coming up in November. I said, you know, I have to take it directly to you, the initiatives, because this girly man in Sacramento <laughs> wouldn't go for it. And they were laughing. You yeah. know, that day when I went so back great. to Sacramento, how could you call us girly man? This is not fear. You know, for you to do, I said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't want to offend you. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. to me, it was just silly. The New York Times called me and tried to get me to explain what it meant. And to me, it was just two guys lifting weights in a gym teasing each other. Yeah. There was no homophobic undertones no, no, at all. No, not at all. But at the all. day 
You have to of be course. so careful when you say all this stuff. Yeah, if you say yeah, a baby you're man, you little baby, and then they're like, why is that against babies? And yeah, like, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is a baby man. <laughs> but what I like is we were saying, well, you as a uh, politician are one of the few that does, you were putting humor in, and it does yeah. make people listen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, you did it before so Trump. Boring. Yeah, yeah. You had nicknames for foes and stuff. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You you came out of the box as a breath of fresh air in California, like the anti-politician telling it like it is. I remember your first debate, I think, was they tax us when we go to the bathroom in the morning. They tax us when we're driving our cars. Yeah. They tax, you know, and it was such yeah, a compelling- when you have a cup of coffee, they tax us when tax, you go to the tax, gas station. No. So, tax, 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 <laughs> morning, noon, and night, taxing. Yeah. <laughs> but that made you stand yeah. out. But um, anyway, so your book, yeah, I yeah, read well. it. It's called, but, you don't know this, but it's called Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life. Yes. Your ghost I'm going to read you one chapter. No, this, by the way, this is true. Or, yeah. Chapter one. Oh, you have the book. Oh, fuck yeah, I do. I got questions. I got books. My brother I and I, I've got three older brothers. My, we have this thing that we used to say for All years. All registered girly men. We would always say, what would Arnold do when we're up against any kind of challenge or something negative? I'm not kidding. What would Arnold do? Because I noticed a long, long, now I'm just because I'm with you, I'm talking with a slight <laughs> so Austin funny. accent the whole time. But I'm always thinking, what would Arnold do in this situation, which would always be positive? Always. So I've, I'm not surprised at all you wrote this book. The oh, book, well, book is a lot about positivity, pretty much overall. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about how to, how can anybody, no matter who you are and where you are in the world, be more successful. Mm -hmm. yeah. And because there's just certain things that hold us back, and it's simple things sometimes, like the fear of failure, uh, or picking little goals rather than big goals, and whatever it is, or listening to the naysayers, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. As I said, I'm trying to go through this in this book and to just tell people, here there's seven rules. I could put 15 rules in there, mm -hmm. but since the publisher said that they should have no more than seven. 260 pages, so sure. we, we made yeah. it, we kept it in that kind of a framework. But in any case, it's basically just simple rules and tools that will help people to become more successful and more free and more able to kind of like go and expand and, uh, and you know, follow their dreams. And how do you create a dream for yourself? How do you create a vision for yourself? And all that, so that's what I get into in the book. I think lately there's there's sort of a victim card being played too much, and uh, it's nice to have refreshing old school. There's a chapter, Work Your Ass Off. It's just very basic, but it's not what people say out there as much anymore. You know? Yeah, yeah, but it, I talk about exactly what I did. You know, when I came over to this country, I was into working. Mm -hmm. I was not shying away from working. I was I say, I'm willing to work, even though I was... I missed the universe several times over and missed the world. Seven? And Mr. Olympia, Mr. Olympia seven times. Jesus. Not at that point. <laughs> in the early 70s, I was like five times Mr. Universe, Mr. World, Mr. International, and two times Mr. Olympia. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's was it, So now... There was nowhere to go. Well, already at the top well, no, it, was, it, was, it was kind of like uh, in bodybuilding, there was no money. <laughs> we didn't make any money. It's like Miss America. Right. So it right. was like it's one great. of those crazy things. I still be had to make a living. So, you know, I started a mail order business to kind of like sell booklets yeah. and how to train your biceps and your chest and all of those kind of things. So with 20 but steps doing, to yeah, do that. That's right. right. So, but the, the, the thing is still, we need to go and go, let's go out and work. 
So my friend Franco Colombo, yeah. the bodybuilding champion, remember yeah, very well was, and loved you and him together. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was a he was a bricklayer, mm-hmm. professional masonry worker. Mm-hmm. Learned it in Italy in Sardinia, then continued working in in Germany. That's where I met him. And so when he came over here and this, we kind of always trained together. I said to Frank, I said, Frank, you're a masonry worker, you're, you're a bricklayer. Why don't we start a bricklaying business? Mm-hmm. I said, in America, they love this European bullshit. I said, you know, so we call it as <laughs> an Italian masonry expert. Yeah. And we yeah. put a little ad in the LA Times. Well, the next day, after we put this ad in, without, beyond our knowledge, I mean, an earthquake right. happened. Expectation. So oh. it was like the earthquake happened. It's 1971. So all of a sudden now the chimneys fall down, (laughs) the the patios, the walls. everything. You had nothing to do with it? So now we started getting a... (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) 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 Nothing to do with it. (laughs) But but anyway, the next thing I know is is we get all these phone calls. Can you come out and give me an estimate of how to rebuild my chimney and how to rebuild my fireplace, Mm. how to do my patio. I have a huge crack going through the whole patio and we cannot continue like that blah 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 so frank and i started going out and doing estimates and of course we, we were not really experienced okay. in all this stuff sure. so we just started you know measuring the stuff <laughs> and then we had always arguments uh about you know i was always kind of like the good guy he was the bad italian who always charges too much mm-hmm. and then they, i would say, cop, say this is outrageous frankie you cannot charge in a seven thousand six hundred dollars for this stuff we can do it cheaper than that <laughs> no 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 no. and it will be then we started <laughs> in german and in italian we started arguing no one understood what we were saying and you just imagine i said to the guy i wouldn't say to the customer I said well i got him down now finally ah, so we can do it for five thousand dollars and they said thank you so much and they hugged me yeah. and then we did well, the job and Wait, all this. how do you like teach that. street smarts like that one is the italian name in the paper and then the collapsing but then this whole song and dance i mean that's just like street smarts or what would you call that IQ? well but remember that i when i uh uh was in in school uh i was an apprentice in selling oh so 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 when i was 15 years old instead of going to uh go on to a university career or anything like i learned to be a a salesperson and uh so i was kind of an apprentice for three years and i learned Mm -hmm. how to sell so sell 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 this is and i have one of the chapters in the book that is in there because I realized of how important selling is. So the art of selling was in this case was when I go to a customer mm-hmm. and he says, can you show, can you tell me how much it costs to redo this chimney? Uh, it sounds better yeah. if you go with like you do in the store, mm-hmm. 50% off. Yes, no yeah. matter what. But first they add the 50% oh. and then they <laughs> and give then you 50% off. <laughs> off. So, I mean, so, so, so my You're idea was, yeah. I said, I, I measured it out and I said to Frank, I said, I think it would cost us, by the time we buy the material, which will be $2,000, our workmanship, it would take us a week to do this, $1,500 each is $3,000, so that's $5,000. So then Frank said, yeah, $5,000, we can do it. So then I would go to the guy and says, he wants $7,800. And the guy would freak out and say, oh my God, I don't know if I can afford this. This is like outrageous. Let me work on it. And so I would go to Frank, and then all of a sudden we would have the screaming match in the corner. Oh, big, you know, this big is outrageous. This is a big show. 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 This is a big show
And then the next thing is I go back to the guy and says, I brought him down to $5,000. The guy says, oh, thank God. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> and they will hug me and then we get the job, you know? So this is, it's yeah. about, so we, we gave them a good deal, but I mean, we also kind of sold the idea that they got a special, yeah. special deal. Did you, do, it, you do physical smart. work or just sort of? Yeah, you know, I was the, I was the, the guy that was uh, mixing the cement Jesus. and the, and the yeah. sand Frank and the, the water. Skill. So I had, yeah. I, I picked up the, the, the mixer at the mm -hmm. construction uh, place where you uh, rent construction equipment. And I picked it up with my car that put it on in the, in the back. And I just I took it to the construction site. You just site. used blenders to save money? And I just, uh, exactly. Did they notice how how pumped up you guys were? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they comment on it? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, you they, on the Speedos? And what did you say? We were sitting bodybuilders. Oh, yeah. bodybuilders. And uh, they, they said, but why do you, we really didn't want to say that we have to work for a living. We just said, right. we said yeah. look, we have two choices. One of the things is, I lost one of the Mr. Universe contests because he didn't have enough of a tan. <laughs> so that's why you're out there? I said, so, so I said, which was in Florida, which is really true. One of the reasons was I yeah. didn't have a tan. The other one was it was a little bit too chubby. I didn't know it wasn't cut chubby, enough. Like yeah, exactly. 4% yeah. body fat. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so I said, you know, I lost my bodybuilding competition because I didn't have enough of a tan. Yeah. I said, it yeah. will never, ever happen again. Right. I said, so now, not only am I training every day, on Muscle Beach down there <laughs> in Venice Beach, you know, on the mm -hmm. weightlifting platform. I said, but I want to work out here. We rip off the shirt and we work outside because then you get the natural tan mm -hmm. all over the place. Yeah. You get brown. I said, and that this way how we can win. So this is why we work a few hours every day in the sun. <laughs> right. You give so me that this long was one of the this was one of the rap. I said, and he happens to be a bricklayer, an outstanding bricklayer from Italy. He did all the special masonry work, he even worked in the Vatican. And the work was good. Yeah, basically so. built the Vatican. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. So, that sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. So I don't want to jump ahead here, but then it's the <laughs> biggest selling point you did. And how did you apply this to selling yourself to Hollywood? Yeah, Hollywood. Not wanting to play the second or third lead, but starting at Movie Star. Yeah, did he not? Did you not do any uh, small What parts. most people do is small part, small part. Or yeah, you're I, right I, to Conan. No, I, I did. But my goal was oh. to be <laughs> okay. a leading man. Yeah. So uh, I remember, for instance, Lucille Ball would call me. Jeez. And uh, say, I was at Gold's Gym working out. Mm -hmm. And she saw me on the Murph Griffin show. Arnold. And she said, she, she, she called me. <laughs> Arnold, oh, and, this is Lucy exactly, Ball. That's right, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of smoking, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> I met and her. Then, and so she says, uh, uh, I saw you on the Murph Griffin show. I wanted to come in and read for this part, uh, Joe Sandow. 
which is uh, a masseur from Italy. There's an Italian accent, but most people don't know the difference between a German accent yeah. and an Italian accent, blah, blah, blah. Come on in and read. And mm. so I would go in there and I would say, oh my God, there's a TV show with Art Carney, Lucio Ball. Wow. Art Carney just won the Academy Awards mm. and, and all that yeah. stuff. So this was like really big. So I went in there and um, she opened up the script and said, they read this part. But I had no idea no what idea. that means. So I, I so she says she says well I need I need to come in and you know my back hurts and I says uh, how do you know how to massage and I said my name is Joe Sandow and I am from Italy <laughs> I'm a truck driver from Italy and in Italy every truck driver also does massages <laughs> and she says oh wait yeah uh, you went to my acting says, let's go and take this script away. Yeah, no script. Oh, she says, the better. idea that's... of it is this, blah, blah. So she explained to me the idea, mm -hmm. and then she asked me some questions. Right. And then I would just say, yeah, yeah, I say, I'm from Italy. I'm a, a truck driver, and my name is Joe Sando. And, of course, in Italy, everyone does, does massages. Mm -hmm. And then she, and she was, like, laughing, and everyone else was laughing. Right. And then she says, you see, guys, I told you. I told you he will be good. I mean, you know, he's not used to the script idea and the reading idea, but I mean, he can, by the time we shoot this next Friday, he will be perfect. I promise you guys that. And it, you, are you here ready to be here every day for rehearsal? And I, I didn't even know what rehearsal meant. Oh, God. But in any case, but the bottom line, I said, yeah, yeah, whatever you yeah, want yeah. me to do, I do. And so I came every day. I worked with her every day. She was very patient, patient. And uh, we shot then on Friday. And she kept saying, he says, and you need to project more. You need to project more because we're shooting live. So I had no idea what life, what life meant. I had no idea I what, know what, that, I know what that meant. So anyway, we rehearsed and rehearsed. And then we shot this scene mm -hmm. that I'm ringing the doorbell. <laughs> the green light lights up at the door. Mm. And I open up the door. She opens up the door. And she says, you are the masseur. And I say, yeah, I'm the masseur. Uh, you know, she says, come on in. And uh, so I go in there and all of a sudden, huge applause. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't know that there's people So now there. I'm standing with my massage table and I'm looking out like this, staring out. Yep. I'm in shock. I'm frozen. First time you've I'm heard frozen. Like so this is not what the scene's supposed to be, to be frozen. Right. To come in there and to be like this Italian flamboyant guy yeah. that opens up the massage table <laughs> professionally, chuck, 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 boom, flips it open and says, yeah. lie down. You know, so, I'm not standing there like this. You know, totally frozen. And then she says, what, are they massaging me? Get the table set up. So she immediately oh, saw what's happening. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. And then so I said, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And then the applause mm -hmm. continued on. So I flipped the table over. Now, of course, I only had the tank top on. So I had like the big guns hanging yeah. out and the whole thing. Did like you get this. applause but anyway, for the guns? It was, it, was, it was fantastic, the whole yeah. thing. Art Connie came oh, in in the middle out. of the scene. Oh, yeah. The whole thing was like a seven-minute scene, and it played like a jewel. I remembered all my lines. She said it was fantastic. And then I tell you something. From that moment on, Lucia Ball, as long as she lived she always wrote me a letter. Hmm. Every movie that I did after that. Oh. She saw me on Streets of San Francisco to play a guest starring role, which I got after that 
two years later. Mm -hmm. She saw Stay Hungry, but then came out with oh, yeah. Bob Rafelson. Awesome. He directed me, Jeff Bridges and Sally Fields. She wrote me a letter. I'm so proud of you. Arnold, you're fantastic. I knew you had this potential. You're going to be a big star. I mean, what a sweetheart of a woman. As tough as she was. Yeah. Everyone knows she was one of the tough, toughest women yeah. in town. Uh, you know, and Art Carney could tell you that because she kind of directed the show, even though she yeah. was not the director. And then Gary Morton, who was her husband, could also yeah. tell you how tough she, she was. She ran the I did a studio. I, mean, I did a yeah. pilot with Desi Arnaz Jr. called Whacked Out. And we're doing the pilot. Audience is there. And we're really bombing. I mean, it's silent. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice from the bleachers going, what's wrong with you people? So Lucille Ball had grabbed the microphone and was yelling at the audience, this is funny. <laughs> then the whole audience flipped out, made a big line, and it took an hour and a half for everyone to get her autograph. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, for her to yeah. take time to do that with you is pretty nice because she could have just said, tough reading, get out, you know, next. But Absolutely. to work with you and to be that big of a star and, and get you going, and that was really she, probably one yeah. of the biggest things, even just confidence-wise. Yeah. No, but I, I, as much as people were negative about the idea of a muscle guy getting into movies because <laughs> they, what they felt kind of the 60s, the yeah. era of the Steve Hercules movies. Steve, Hercules? Steve Reeves and yeah. the Ridge Park and yeah. Mark Forrest and Lou Dagny and, uh, you know, Gordon Mitchell and all those guys. They're kind Paul of B, Winter. bad movies or yeah, B movies. They were yeah. little, they were yeah. not significant movies. Yeah. But I mean, Indies. for me, mm -hmm. big, because yeah. when I was 15 years old and I saw Steve Reeves and Ridge yeah. Park on the screen, I said, oh my God, can you believe bodybuilders then become leading man in movies. It's a long is, shot, um, um, so that was my motivation yeah. to get into bodybuilding. I said to myself, oh, then I can be an actor. So then, then I go to Hollywood, there's Muscle Beach, and mm -hmm. there's Hollywood. So oh, you have your own fantasies as yeah. a kid with 15. Yeah. So that was my fantasy. And I made my fantasy become a reality. And I talk about that in the book, how important it is that we have a vision and that we have a goal and that mm -hmm. we have something to chase, no matter how stupid it may sound to other people, but sure. just don't listen to the naysayers, chase your dreams. And that's exactly what I and did. And that part of the book, <clears throat> don't listen, that seems like a lot of people, like I would get my feelings hurt a lot in the early days before I got on Saturday Night Live. If someone, if I, someone said I wasn't good or whatever, what are the mind tricks you played to get around that? Like they're saying, you're terrible, you're nothing, this isn't going to make it, that's not good. And you twist it in your mind. You know, I, I didn't have to really twist much because I just saw my vision very clearly in front of me of me becoming eventually a Mr. Universe, for me eventually coming to America and eventually getting into movies. I saw that. And for, it was so believable mm -hmm. that I had such faith in my vision that uh, it, there was no one that could talk me so out of it. So they just didn't get it yeah. in your head. You're like, uh, well, it, I understood. It doesn't that when someone has never done something, it's like, you know, sure, Nelson, right. Nelson Mandela always said, you know, everything is always impossible until someone does it. Yeah. And this is exactly, there was no Austrian ever that became Mr. Universe. So when I say I want to be Mr. Universe, of course they laughed, you know, mm -hmm. because they thought, well, if he says he wants to be a ski champion, that makes sense, yeah. but not to be a Mr. Universe or right. to be a weightlifter, something like this. Mm -hmm. Weightlifting was kind of dominated by the Russians. Bodybuilding was dominated by the Americans or by the yes. British. So, I mean, what is he talking so about So you beat here? the odds once in a big way, and now you're going to do it in an even bigger way to come all the way to America and know the language. Did you know the language at all when you got here? It took you a while. No, I mean, there was a lot of subtle things, like I said, when mm -hmm. Lucy Ball said, yeah. we're going to go and read, come over to for a read. 
I did not know what that meant. I yeah. did not know when she said, yeah. we're going to shoot this live, that this means yeah. there will be a live audience and we will be live <laughs> to filming and not taping and stuff like that. So all of this stuff I did not know, but I learned the language quickly. I went to college. I remember I went to Santa Monica City College mm -hmm. and took English classes and then eventually took business classes and uh, all the stuff that I learned as an apprentice, selling, yeah. marketing, publicity, <laughs> and uh, accounting, mathematics, and all of this stuff, micro and microeconomics. And, all, and then eventually got a degree in that, which was also not something that I planned on doing. Mm -hmm. But I was like going part-time to college uh, for eight years. I mean, think about mm -hmm. it. From 1969 to 1977. Yeah. It was like, a, I just wanted to educate myself. Yeah. And I didn't have <laughs> a student visa, so right. I couldn't go full-time to college. So I had to always just take two classes. So sometimes even huh. to cheat a little bit, I took two classes at Santa Monica City College. And then at night, I would go with the UCLA and wow. take some extension courses. And then sometimes I would take classes at West Los Angeles College and stuff like that. But yeah. eventually I got enough, nice. got like almost 300 units of credits and then they gave me a degree. You know, it's so and, easy to quit along the way in this guy. There's yeah. so many hard obstacles that people just go, oh, I can't do that. Oh, eight and years of college. Uh, forget it. I have a question. Did you, when you were thinking of your vision, Mr. Olympia, this, and when you envision yourself as a movie star, did you envision Conan the Barbarian? Did you ever envision twins and Kindergarten Cop no. involved? No. Conan the Barbarian, I mean, what using I envisioned, your physicality. John Wayne, Sean What I envisioned Conway. was like, just like, you know, Reg Park and Steve Reeves. I said to myself, yeah. maybe I can somehow use the muscles and get into movies. I did mm -hmm. not know that, 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 that there are eras. Yeah. You know, that there was the 60s was the muscle era where they made all these muscle movies and stuff all like right. that. That the 70s would be kind of like the opposite. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Woody Allen and Dustin Hoffman Peter and Frampton, Al Pacino the rock stars and all those skinny. guys exactly yeah. would be the stars. Yeah. And this is that everyone said to me, he says, Arnold, these guys weigh 100 pounds less than you do. <laughs> you can't put you in a movie with those guys. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know, so, so, so forget about it. So it was all that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, but eventually, I think that after they did Stay Hungry, yeah. and I played a bodybuilding champion in Stay Hungry in a movie, and people, and I got the, uh, the Golden Globe Awards for best acting debut for that yeah, movie. That's so cute. that really helped Did me. Did you improvise because, those lines though, some of No, no, there was, the, the, in Stay Hungry, it was all written. Mm -hmm. And- uh um, you really, you were natural in that. And, well, thank you. And then Pumping Iron came out and then, then that was a big hit. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden people started saying, it was Pumping Iron actually, that made Ed Pressman, who just passed away recently, right, famous producer, producer yeah. yeah, who saw me in Pumping Iron and then got the rights of the Conan, the, the, the oh, Conan after he rights. After saw you, and then exactly you got the for rights, the, you're for over to like That's more right. mainstream, and then you're gonna get away from only strongman parts. Like when I moved here, when I got a script the first time, I just read it to them. They handed me the script and I just read it back to them, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. You know, because it, you know, they go come read, it was the same thing. I don't know, sides, all the lingo I didn't know, and I it was hard for me to get work, and I'm only this strong. So well, it, I know it was it, a little bit of a detriment. Dave, did you find it tells you something about yourself? Like me in the early 80s, I go to audition. <laughs> I walk in a room and I see baby face guys yeah. with weak chins and little arms. Baby men. <laughs> they all look like me. 
You know, I mean, you would walk in reading for something. Would you see a lot of other big guys waiting to read? No, I never read again. You never read? Oh, never that again. was it? No, no, that you was never it. Wow. No, never. What? I, I, really, I, I knew that the, 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 this auditioning, this is not <laughs> my bag. That's not my bag. I'm going to tap out on this. But for some Nobody. reason or the other, from that point on, <laughs> it always they came to me, like Bob Rafferson came to me and said, mm-hmm. I want you to do Stay Hungry, but you have to take acting classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. You know, sure. uh, with this guy mm-hmm. Eric Morris, who is an acting coach. He says uh, he was working with Chuck Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. He says I want you to to take acting lessons, and then you will come in for a reading. So I was like working with this guy for four months. So you weren't auditioning before I go. Bob Rafferson did this as a joke in a way, and he has did someone tape it. He and I came in, and I did the scenes for him, uh-huh. and. Uh, but it was basically already signed for the movie, right? So it was not really that was in danger. But so anyway, I did yeah. the, I did the scenes, and he again was very very complimentary. Mm. But this is the this is the 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 sweetness of people in this town that I noticed, mm-hmm. kind of how supportive they can be. Right. Like Bob Raven immediately says, hey, "Stop it." I said, "What?" He says, "Look at my hair. Look at my hair and my forearm." So I said. Okay, I see you here in the forearm. He says, it's standing up. Do you know this here in my forearm? When that stands up, it means that I totally bought in a scene. So what you just did, I totally bought in. It was so touching. It was so emotional. It was so well delivered. We don't even have to go any further. This is it. You have to part. Wow. This is how it would would be like that. And the same was with Jeff Bridges and with Sally Fields. They know I was a beginner Mm -hmm. on this whole thing. But, oh, man, they were so supportive. When we did the scenes, Sally Fields was, like, extraordinary. And so, so was Jeff Bridges, so supportive and everything. Just take so, extra I mean, time. I had, I had really not a good, case. good experience. Yeah. And then I think Landsberg, when he hired me for, you know, the Jane Mansfield story with Lonnie Anderson, where I played Mickey Ooh. Haggaday, <laughs> yeah. you know, because Lonnie, uh, uh, Jane Mansfield's husband was a Hungarian guy. Right. So uh, and 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 uh, so he was Mr. Universe, and yeah. uh, so I played that character basically. And uh, so with an accent, it was the accent was perfect. Then eventually I got then the Conan uh, gig. Yeah. And it was a big international kind of a movie with Universal Studios. How much so of that, that did well? Like two hundred million or something? No, no. In those days, there was no two hundred million. But I mean, it, it grossed on I think seventy or eighty million dollars. That's I don't huge. Know what yeah. it was. Like three hundred I mean, million. Was like, yeah. It yeah. was like really, it was big. And it was number one at the box office when it opened up. So everyone was really happy and they signed me up for a second one. And that's when I was my first, the second counter, I made the first million dollars. Ooh. And uh, how old were you when you first made that million on the second counter? About 30? Uh, I must have been like 33 or 34 years old. Did, what what did that mean to, to you coming from where right. you came from in Austria to get a million? Well, my, my dream was, mentally. I said, I want to be like Clint Eastwood because Clint Eastwood, Charles Bronson and Marlon Brando were the only guys that were going over, getting over a million dollars a movie Ooh, in right. the 70s, in the yeah. early 70s. So they were like the kings. So I said to yeah. myself, wouldn't it be cool if I get a million dollars a movie? <laughs> be, and I always shot for the stars. Like, always yeah. the big the big dream. And then eventually it happened. So I I felt fantastic. I felt delighted that Mm -hmm. I made a million dollars and that I'm a millionaire. But I was already a millionaire before then because I was insisting on making my money in real estate. You know, like, for instance, this building that we're sitting in right now, I built it in 1984. 
So in 1984, I bought the, a, a, a lease. Before Conan? At least, it was, uh, uh, no, it was not before Conan, but it was before, it was uh, cheaper, it was before, before we, we went yeah. Terminator and all those and things. And where did you get the money to buy the real estate? Well, we, I, was, I was working on construction sites. I was doing exhibitions and all this, and I started saving money. And then there was an apartment building for sale in Santa Monica for $240,000. But that's like the day, yeah. that, you know, yeah. the, the, the $10 million. Yeah. I don't know what. But in any case, it was $240,000. And I needed $37,000 down payment. I had in my bank account twenty-seven. So I went to Joe Weider, who was the publisher Lots of the big, Bodybuilding yeah, Magazine. Yeah, body. Exactly. Yeah. And I said, can you go and loan me $10,000 for one year? And he said, Absolutely. And so you would get loan me the, the ten thousand dollars. I would put the thirty-seven thousand dollars down, and I bought this building, uh, this uh, office building. Two years later, someone comes to me and offers me now five hundred thousand dollars for the same building. This is how much real estate went up in yeah. the seventies mm -hmm. because of the high inflation rate. Right. So I now immediately sold this building, took that profit, and traded up to a twelve-unit apartment building. Then I sold that two years later and traded up. To a 36 unit apartment your building. your book on how to and, become a millionaire? Yeah, and, and this is, so I was like really, yeah. uh, very quickly uh, in, the, in the 70s, I was already a millionaire. Looking to save on delivery? Dash Bash from DoorDash is your door to zero dollar delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, Dash Pass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients. Safe, clean kitchens, all that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why Why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs. much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go, what is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah, I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm -hmm. So Farmer's Dog isn't just higher no. quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on 
their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David, and which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. Without giving away numbers, but I'm always fascinated. How much real estate did you end up buying? And it was it all Southern You're California where you bought property or did you buy it other places? Well, too? I always I was in other places in Colorado, yeah. for instance. Mm -hmm. We bought a whole square block in Colorado and then eventually oh, there was a square high block. Build on it. Yeah. <laughs> How much was the square block? It was not that it's because we bought up pieces at the sure. time. Yeah. And then eventually it was a square block. And then we were able to sell this to someone that wanted to build a As high a rise. Right. And then we were able to get cut in 10% of the mm -hmm. high rise and blah, 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 and all that stuff. So uh, anyway, so I was always felt very comfortable with the real estate business. But at the same time, the rule is don't have all your irons in the same fire. So I was, you know, investing in stocks and in bonds mm -hmm. and all yeah. kinds of, yeah. of other kind of like startup businesses and so on. And so um, my investments always were very good. I never lost money on any investment as far as that goes. There was a, a huge... And listen to this, it was really funny because I bought the first money I got, I, I saved, I bought land out in the Antelope Valley. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I read somewhere when I came over to this country that they're going to build a supersonic airport out there. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, I'm going to go without telling anyone, I'm going to sneak out there and I'm going <laughs> to buy the some knife, property. With a knife in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this is what I did. I bought for $5,000. I had only $1,000, so I had to pay off the yeah. $5,000. I bought this property out there. And then, of course, they never built the airport. I thought the so, United so States no, Air never, Force is out no, there. No, but the Air Force is out there. I mean, the supersonic well, airport. Okay. They passed a law, an international law, that said no supersonic aircrafts can oh. fly over land. Yeah. So that they're only over the ocean. So that killed the idea. And so they kept the LA airport here. So my investment went down the tube. So everyone was laughing about it. You know? and it was, but, but here's what I think Joe Vita said to me, he says, Arnold, don't worry about it. This will be a good investment for your grandchildren. Yeah. Keep it. Forget mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I did. I totally forgot about it mm -hmm. and I kept it. The day it's worth one and a half million dollars. Just to show you a $5,000 property. Right. So I didn't even lose money on that investment. Yeah. So this is just to show you that, uh, uh, you know, if you really hold on to it, if you're not doing any fire sale. we talk more about this for the rest yeah. of the podcast? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> how to uh, <clears throat> what invest, was uh, Arnold. Uh, what would you what do was right after, now? What was after the one you just said? Oh, Conan. What was the first sort of mainstream? Conan 2. Well, what was... Because uh, that uh, was kind of mainstream. Uh, now I, you know the funny thing was my, my dreams... Yeah. And my desires grew. Mm. And I'm sure it's the same with you. Well, First yeah, you want you to do stand-up comedy, yeah. but then you say, wouldn't it be great if I do a TV show? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if I do a movie? What is it? So you, 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 it grows, you know, you get yeah. more and more hungry. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing happened to me. You know? So I said to myself, wouldn't it be cool if I could do movies that doesn't rely on muscles? Right. So what, what happened was Jim Cameron comes along. Yeah. 
and he says to me, with Mike Medavoy, and they say to me, he says, do you want to do this movie called Terminator? And I said, uh, yeah. I said, that would be great. Can you send me the script? They said, sure. So he sent me the script, and they said, it would be this character, Reese, which is the heroic right, right. character in the movie. And I said, uh, oh, that would be a really great, great role. And then for some reason or the other, when I met with Jim Cameron, and we uh, had lunch, I talked the entire lunch about Terminator. Mm-hmm. Here's a, Jim. I said, I know you've not directed much, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I said, so here's what is important when you direct this guy, whoever plays the Terminator. That, that he says, well, the, the character that we hired for it is O.J. Simpson. He says, but the studio is kind of like negative about him because they murderer. think that he cannot sell the idea of being a killing machine. Oh. Oh. He says, O.J. is not enough of a killer. He's kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> they, he, looks, he looks too soft for he that. So These are they direct would, quotes. So he says, so, he so, then this is the truth. I mean, this yeah, is yeah. like unbelievable. He's doing Hertz commercials. And so this is not really set in stone. The whole thing is that, but uh, after listening to you, Jim Cameron said, after listening to you talking to me about the Terminator, that he has to be trained to be like a machine and he cannot walk like a human being, that he cannot talk like a human being. Says, You're absolutely correct. You take on it this perfect. Says, Why don't you play the Terminator? Yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, look, <laughs> I want to play Reese. I want to be the hero, not the villain. Yeah. I'm set up in my mind. Well, the way I shoot it, Arnold, it would be like a hero and a villain. Hero, because he does all these un- unbelievable things and wipes everyone mm-hmm. out. <laughs> villain, because he's a machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to be responsible perfectly, personally because you're a machine. You're directed by some higher power, so right. it's not like you yeah. kill, going around killing things. So I said, to him, I said, oh, let me think about it. And so for, for a few days I thought about it, and then I said to myself, he's actually right. If he shoots this the right way, this could be really cool. And then they called so him back cool. and they said, okay, I'm in. And yeah. so there was the first movie where I wear through the whole didn't movie. Come off. No, never. Yeah. It was like jacket, leather jacket, mm-hmm. and the whole thing like that. And from then I got the offer to do after Terminator to do Commando. Yes. And after that to do Predator, Running Man. And it went on and on I and think on. I've All seen sudden, every one of your yeah. movies. I, I was in I was in. <laughs> yeah. I was accepted in Hollywood it's as a, the action hero. Yes. And it all came from Conan and from Terminator. So this was kind of it was my launching pad. And you, God, you just had such a run at you know, films. Dana. I saw a, a copy of Terminator when, when you said, you know, your catchphrases are very short, which is right. smart. I saw an early copy when you say, "Come with me if you want to live." Yeah, and it was, "Come with me if you want to live," because I know all the shortcuts in town. I, we can go down the seven ten, and we can get in a carpool lane, and the and the monster robot only can drive in the regular because he's one person. And I think it was better you tightened it because that Come seemed like a long if you want to live. Phrase. Yeah, you didn't want to get me too wordy. In yeah, it was too wordy. And Come so the final script. Come with me if you want to live. They cut better. all that out, exactly. and it was boom, there's boom, boom. Vista. There's a lot of you had a lot of good ones. Did you know at the time when you do those that these might be sort of cool little things? No, to say? no, you don't know. Vista, I mean, baby. we never know what would hit sure. and what would what people really like. I mean, you wish you can say that and say, oh, this was written this way, or oh, I improvised that. It's not, it wouldn't be true. The reality of it is we had no, no idea that even 
I'll be back will be a line that will be the most repeated kind of line. Yeah. Uh, you in know, anything. We much. just, I was <laughs> arguing with Jim yeah. Cameron endlessly about, <laughs> I will be back. He says, no, I wrote, I'll be back. I'm going to say, I will be back because I don't like the I'll. This L thing sounds a little mm-hmm. weird. I said, I-, I will be back. And he says, who the fuck wrote the script? Oh, yeah. Are you the script writer now? Yeah. Or am I the script writer? I say, you're the script writer. And he says, okay, so we say, I'll be back. And if you want, we can shoot it 10 different ways. If that makes you feel comfortable, he says, <laughs> but uh, so let's just do that. I'll be back. Not I will be back. That's bullshit. And so I was arguing with him about the line. But you know what's line. funny is, is it was ro- right. And luckily, he was so right. And he made, me, he made me I will it. be back sounds almost more robotic. And you were right. Yeah, I know. But respect. I mean, that's so but he just loved he I'll did, be yeah. back. You know, and, and and so we did it 10 times. And uh, when the movie came out, everyone wanted me to repeat that line. And so you don't know. You we had know. no idea this is going to happen. We had no idea that, you know, kind of like, all the stuff, you know, Asta La Vista Baby in Terminator 2, right. uh, you know, or Get to the Chopper, it's stupid lines. <laughs> get to the Chopper. It's just, it's just yeah. because the way so I say good. it, yeah. because I, we can, I can, Germans cannot pronounce the R on the end. So, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, 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 so everything's R, Chopper, you know, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. So, so tumor. when I say so when I say it's not a tumor, when we rehearsed for Kindergarten Cop, mm-hmm. and I did the rehearsal, with the kids, and I said, it's not a tumor. All the kids started laughing, even though it was supposed to be an intense scene. Just so then funny. Ivan Reitman looked and said, this is funny. Now we got a They're joke. all laughing. He said, say it the same way. Don't change <laughs> it's anything. So anyway, so, so it, 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 this, those lines became kind of famous because the way I say it, with yeah. my accent, and so if someone else would have said it, it wouldn't it's, have made it's anything. It's musical. It's a yeah. musicality. I will be back has a different rhythm comedically. I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. It's so intense. Didn't you do some where you would drop guys off, things for dropping by, and you drop them off a cliff? Those yeah, kinds exactly. of lines, and too. The guy says, I oh, promised to kill me last. Uh, you know, Sally. I said, Sally, remember I promised to kill you last? And he says, yeah, yeah. I said, I lied. Uh, yeah, and then it just in, so <laughs> Mr. Freeze had a couple. And everyone, too. all the kids that running around, and the parents were saying, he says, you promised me that you're not going to get an F in school. Said, I lied. I lied. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so all the kids you have more comedy that. hits than most comedians, to be honest. But yeah. you know, when, yeah. we, when we're talking about growing your vision, yeah. mm-hmm. like the last thing I ever thought about doing was, 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 was doing comedies. Yeah. And uh, but then when I was doing a bunch of movies, action movies, I said to myself, "Wouldn't it be cool if I could do a comedy?" Because I felt I had a sense of humor. Yes, I agree that I didn't understand the American sense of humor as well. So that's why I asked my buddy Milton Berle to teach me about <laughs> comedy. Burl? Wow. Yeah, Milton Berle. Yeah. So he would write. <laughs> he was jokes friends with for Lucille me. Ball as well. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he would write jokes for me. All the time, Milton Berle. Until so he obviously, you know, called me fucking Nazi after write these fucking jokes for this Nazi. <laughs> God damn it, you know. But you know, it, it, but he loved hanging out with me and smoking yeah. cigars with me. Yeah. Because of him, I really got into the cigar smoking, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, he was really, really funny. And he would then go and start writing stuff for me when I was doing speeches. Mm-hmm. You know, and he would say, he says, you can't go out there on a speech and start with a serious note. Right. I said, you got to go and say, first, make the people like you. Mm-hmm. So say something funny. 
Right. You know, go out there and just say, you know, what well, you probably wonder, well, what am I doing here at a medical convention in Vegas? But, you know, the, the Dr. Sellers came up to me and says, Arnold, I love you because you're a real good American and you believe in free speech, right? And I said, yeah, of course I believe in free speech. Good, because you're going to give one in Vegas on June 14th. <laughs> you know, so, so then the people laugh. Oh, and, yeah. he says, yeah. and then they like you. And yeah. now whatever you say, they will like you. I said, right. So there was Milton Berle's kind yeah. of a thing. So he would write little jokes and little lines for me for the beginning to get, to get going wow. with, the, with the speeches here. Lucille Ball, Milton Berle, you got some good ones. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me and bothered me. But, you know, that th mm -hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm -hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And I, I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years and you know, it does challenge your thoughts. Cause I'm going to, this is kind of, I don't know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking redundant, negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can, kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern so mm -hmm. be the best mm -hmm. version of yourself um you know and sometimes it can be small things it can be major trauma i think either way mm -hmm. it's good to talk to someone if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just mm -hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire get matched with a licensed therapist switch therapist if uh you're not into it yeah. anytime yeah. no additional charge mm -hmm. get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash f-o-t-w today and get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash f-o-t-w would you like to learn a new language we oui. <laughs> see what we? i did oh no i said we oui, like french Oh, okay. Wee wee. Wee wee. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm, a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, of French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's a trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. 
I learned German and I know Hastu Zweister now Abra. No, Hastu Bruder now. Nine Abra Cabras Zweister. That means have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, and ability to download lessons offline. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm-hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm-hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Yeah. Do you remember with the movie we almost made? We wrote a script. It was called Hans and Franz, The Goodly Man Dilemma <laughs> that we were going to do with you. It didn't get made, but it was a funny script. Well, just, yeah. just I had that conversation just recently. With Conan? No, oh. it, well, we Conan, yes, but I mean, we also internally had it because I said there are <laughs> several scripts I said that were offered to me that I didn't do for whatever the reasons were. You know, Timing, that they were yeah. dismissed yeah. or they yeah. were never yeah. made or, or, yeah. or I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. They couldn't wait for me, so they right. hired yeah, someone yeah. else. You know, like The Rock, yeah. the movie, the, the, you know, uh, the, the Rock with the, that was with the... Uh, with with uh, Sean Connery, Sean Connery mm-hmm. exactly, and uh, what's the, the the actor's name again? Nick Cage. Nick, Nick Cage, Cage, exactly. Nick yeah. is Cage, and so I was going to do that, but I mean they couldn't wait for me because I was doing another movie yeah. first and all that stuff. So there were certain, but the one movie that I always loved, that I even would do today, <laughs> is the, the 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 script that we had yeah. together, where Hans and Franz finally comes to find the uncle, yeah. and they're now staying in his house. Yes. And I remember it was so funny. Yes. It's- and uh, I just remember when you guys, you came to me and you said, I have to go to the bathroom. Where, where's the bathroom? <laughs> and I said, you go down the hall, and where you see the deltoid, you go left, <laughs> then you see a calf, you go right, Big giant and then you see yeah, exactly there was, this, was there all these huge sculptures yeah. of my body all over the house, and this was the direction that I gave you guys. It was just so stupid and too. so fucking funny. Oh yeah, and you had yeah. a war room we went into. Where yeah, you had a, it was a whole puzzle, a whole like a monopoly game, but yeah. studios, Paramount twenty, and you had little you're pushing pieces around. <laughs> Stallone is going to do a movie over Twenty Century Fox. Yeah. We countered Paramount with a comedy. You know, yeah, exactly. All of it was having fun with the image of Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, at uh, that time, and you know? the, and the, what you guys did on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it was the idea was. They, they took the Saturday Night Live idea where you were searching for me 
mm-hmm. and uh, running into different kind of situations. But here you were actually, you found me yes. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And now it, it goes on from what we, what do we do together? And so it was hilarious, the script. So, I mean, I think it still could be funny. Uh, we read it. We read it on Conan's podcast, and it yes. had a big reaction. People really liked it. It it's from a different era in the sense that it's really big, funny, and silly, which yeah, I don't think they can, make enough you, of those. You movies. can modernize it. Oh yeah. Can, if you get a writer today, yeah. If you guys sit down and start reworking it, what works today? Yeah. And to do it for Netflix, let's say, yeah. You know, for that audience, I mean, imagine what yeah. the smash that would be. A lot of physical comedy. It would be laughing comedy. from here to yeah. eternity. A lot of visual. Come out at Christmas time or before Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it would be just, it would be fantastic. I'm, I'm around. I'm around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The second, but yeah, it was just a funny script, and you were. Uh, it was an hilarious part for you, but you know, life is what it is. Exactly. You know, you just keep moving on to so your the chapter at the end about just giving back, you know, and then you're talking about Milton Burrow helping you, Lucille Ball. And now you must find chances or do young movie stars look you up or ask you or give advice? So you're, you're a mentor of how to, I don't know. Well, is there anyone more successful? This will sound like I'm kissing your ass, but is there been anyone like you? in the last 40, 50 years to come to America from another country, from extreme poverty and do all these things. And then here you are now, um, still going. You, and doing you know, I, I don't know. I think that the, one of the people that I always admired a lot that came to America with the age of 15, I think, was Henry Kissinger. Yeah, and he's you still know, around. And uh, Henry Kissinger, had an unbelievable career, yeah, academic career yeah. and political career, and it was just a genius foreign policy kind of a guy, and, and all that stuff. So they're, 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 look, there's a lot of people, Elon Musk and people like yeah, yeah. That, that, that that have come I guess to this country. Remember, yeah, yeah. Elon Musk would be a one of the of things. Yeah. No matter who it is, no matter how many there are, one thing we know for sure that there's no other country in the world where we could have done that. Mm. No other country. Mm. I mean, if I think about, and I'm pretty much aware of the world because I travel a lot yeah. and through bodybuilding and movie promotion and when I was governor to do trade missions all over the world and all of that stuff, but there's just no place. And even the day, a, play, a, a time when we have difficulty in America, you know, where the parties don't get along and they can't yeah. get much done and all this stuff. Even during that time, when I travel around, I don't see anyone coming up to me and saying, oh, Arnold, can you help me get a visa to uh, Jordan? <laughs> oh, Arnold, can you help me to get a visa to Russia? Mm-hmm. Or can you help me to get to South Africa or something like that? No. Yeah. I mean, it's all about America. Arnold, please help me. Can you write a later letter for the immigration office? You know, I want to get to America. I want to be in America. So this is the number one country Still, by far, it's the most desirable place to, for people to come. It's the only place where someone like myself can come and make it and make it big and make all his dreams become a reality. And what are we doing right? Because we, we're pretty self-critical as a nation right now about America, but you have a perspective unique to people who are born here tend to take it for granted. But yeah. what are we doing right so that people can come in and, and do, have a life like you've had in America? Well, the, but people can, and is, people do today. Is it just I because mean, the uh, economic freedom? 
They, I think it is uh, the economic freedom. I think it is just that it has its downfalls and it has its uh, big advantages. And the advantages mm -hmm. are more than uh, our disadvantages. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes us so great. Yes, we have problems and all that, but I mean, it's still, anyone can come still today to America and really become kind of very successful. I see it all the time in a smaller way even. Mm -hmm. I see people coming from, I see that this one guy was coming from Israel uh, to Gold's Gym, he was working out for a while. Then all of a sudden he was like a personal trainer. And the next thing mm -hmm. I know he's driving around, driving up with Austin Martin. Yeah. And then with the, yeah. with the next day with the Jaguar. And the guy's getting $100 an hour. He works 15 hours a day. Mm -hmm. 15 hours a day. It's talking yeah. about working your yeah. ass off, yeah. right? Yeah. What we talked about earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this, is, this guy believes in working. So he drives these fancy cars. He has nice girls around. He trains people <laughs> there in the gym. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. He's from Israel. Just came over here a few years ago. Yeah. And the same is with, with a, 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 a French guy that does the same thing. I know this one girl that is from Sweden. She's a personal trainer and she's making a fortune here. And all this. So you, it, this is unlike any other place, I, you know. And so I think yeah. this is really the place to be, and um, where people can be successful. And I think America should be proud of that. And you're right. When you are an American, yeah, you take it for granted. When you're American, you sometimes don't appreciate how great yeah. this country really is. Yeah, they and uh, the thing that, that everyone has to do is, and I talk about this in the last chapter, is this country was built by hardworking men and women that have sacrificed. Mm -hmm. That one are just looking forward to the glory, but sacrificed. And I think that today's kids have to study that history because it will make them wake up and say, I cannot be this little girly man. <laughs> well, but because and of social I cannot media, be this guy so, that is yeah. staying in bed. I want to sleep in. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to feel good. Yeah. Oh, I want to be treated kind of fairly and, and, and nice and stuff. No, this is a tough world. Mm -hmm. Get up at five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, and kick some serious ass. Go to work. Whatever you do, the day is 24 hours. You can do it. And this is how we make this country, you know, not only great, but keep it the greatest country in the world. It's by not babying ourselves and not by kind of like taking it easy and trying to sleep in. And I want to feel better and all this kind of stuff, but to kind of do the same thing as they did in the old days. Work your butt off. Mm -hmm. It's like Ted, Ted Turner always said, you know, early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise. This is where the action is. <laughs> you know, and I, I believe in that, you know, but it is important to know that we got to grind it out and we cannot just always look for the pleasures, but there is punishment. There is hardship. There is failure. Mm -hmm. There is uh, tough times that you go through, but that's all okay. We got to go and have a clear vision, chase that vision, and then there will be struggles and all that stuff. The more struggles we have, the tougher we will get. Mm -hmm. And uh, the more failures we have, the more we learn and the more successful we will can get. I mean, remember what the Michael Jordan said, I missed 5,000 shots. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I lost, you know, 200 and some 80 uh, games. Mm -hmm. But I became the greatest basketball player because of it. You know what I've right. learned. So it's, it's uh, don't be afraid of failure. Is one of the chapters that mm -hmm. I have in, in in the book, and so I think it's it's hard work, not being afraid of failure, 
to grind it out, to have a clear vision, not listen to the naysayers, pick big goals. So those are the kind of rules that I mm-hmm. talk about in the book uh, because that's what we need to do in order to be successful and, yeah. as a person and as a country. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's in your book, but that you you just have you in the end of the day. And sometimes don't look at social media too much and get tricked out that this person did nothing and is a millionaire. Right. But what what I found a few times just being driven around the country to gigs and I had to have first generation immigrants driving me from Russia, wherever this one Russian guy goes, I tried to open business in Russia, someone stopped. I try to, to hire more employees. They say stop. I come to America. I start to do the same thing. No one says stop. No one told me to stop. Who are you now? Almost every time. I, I own the business. I just like your Put comedy. I drive too. you, Mr. Carvey. But, so that's the idea. Is it's nothing. I think the secret sauce of America, if you put the work in consistently and are willing to fail over and over again, there is some great stuff that will happen to you emotionally, mentally, and hopefully you will experience success it, yeah, it, it won't and you, stop you you're absolutely right because no one has ever said to me you can't they will say i think this is impossible or there's their naysayers and they say no one has ever done it before but no one said i would not allow you to do that yeah. right there's no such thing no you've one already said done you can't. four movies it's your turn now you go back to right, yeah. no, it's gonna do twins. exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's, there's no such thing yeah. so you know so i have to always say that none of it that I accomplished would have been possible if I wouldn't have been in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, see this here. Yeah. See the hair hairs of my arms. <laughs> Actually, see mine's the, here. Yeah. His Those back monstrous there. forearms of yeah. yours. Look at this, all pumped up. How do you do it? I do a lot of push-ups. I, I, I just push-ups are my main thing. If I can't get to the gym. Yeah. yeah. But I try to. You know, I keep going. Yeah. You know, I'm just got to stay my fit. Excuse? I always tell people you occupy. A room, but you live here. So That's work it. on this. This is yeah, where you're right. living. You could occupy this, but That's right. You can't get away. No matter where you go, there you are. Yeah, that's, well, that's Arnold, right. Arnold uh, you're uh, this has been oh, total recall line. Total recall. What's remember in total recall when I check in on the beginning that they say to me to to to, to sell yeah. this implant. They say, What well, is always the same? Wherever you go. You. You. There yeah. you are. Says, but <laughs> it's true. here we told recall. We're gonna help you with that. You can become kind of an agent, secret agent. You can have this wonderful woman. You can do this. You can conquer the the, the you know, blah blah. So this is uh, the whole thing. Is the whole line is uh, about that. Do you have a favorite movie? <laughs> uh, no, because it's like, you know, it's like I I love Twins with yeah, Danny DeVito, but at bars. the same time I love you know Terminator, and I love you know mm-hmm. Predator, True Lies. I mean, it's it's very hard to pick, uh, you know, one. There's some movies that were fun to make, like Kindergarten Cop, to work with those 20 kids. That was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but there's other movies that were really hard to make, like True Lies. We were shooting like for six months mm-hmm. in this movie, from winter scenes and summer scenes in the snow, in the cold, freezing <laughs> cold. It was just torturous. And then 80 days night shooting and all that stuff. But it was a fun movie to watch. What so, Just yeah. for the fans that are listening, at the end of Predator, when <laughs> you you got rigged a log to kill or something. It's, what did you say? What are you or something? I think well, it takes I, its helmet off. Or, you're ugly. I is can't that when you had the mud all over? You're one yeah. ugly you're co- motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah. Knew it was a great line. Yeah, <laughs> you're just almost a big dad. You're just yeah. covered in mud. You got yeah. this monster. Yeah. You're one ugly motherfucker. Come, kill me. Kill me. Do it. Do it now. Oh, no. Do it now. <laughs> and then on the end, I said, get to the chopper. <laughs> 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 la vista, baby. I had no idea that I would be walking around. I would go to the Arnold Classic, to the sports festival. <laughs> mm -hmm. People screaming out. I'll get to the chopper. Yeah. You know, they, all my lines they're oh, screaming. Right. It's just hilarious to watch that. I was at the Arnold Classic with you. We were backstage and on the TV monitor were all the contestants out there doing their stuff. Yeah. And so I just looked at the monitor. I asked you, I said, is there anyone exceptional here? Oh. And you just leaned back when, well, you know, <laughs> you well, at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. Uh, well, David, so what have you been up to? Oh, thank you. Finally. Um, well, kind <laughs> All of right, we're going to take a quick break. And come yeah. back with. No, we'll go to commercial now. Uh, no, I was going to say. Doing a lot. You've got a uh, game show on tomorrow. Say night. hi to everyone. There's uh, Maria, who's always a fun ball buster to me. Uh, uh, there's Patrick, who's on the boys spinoff, right? Patrick's uh -huh. doing great. Mm -hmm. Christopher, uh, your daughters. I see all these people here and there. We did uh, Grown Ups too. Patrick was in, uh, mm -hmm. and so and Christopher works on Tyson's uh, podcast. Yeah, everyone's doing great. Um, just hi to the family and thanks for coming down. And it's great to talk to you about this book. But well, David is useful. very, very busy. <laughs> What's that? He's very. Is that what you were doing? He's doing a lot of stand up. He's oh yeah, I'm doing stand up. I'm doing all the same. You know, all yeah, this it's shit, great. Yeah, yeah. movies and no, I'm crushing it. I'll send you a couple links. Yeah, um, those are not hand me downs. This no, is... no, these are right off the rack. Taylor, <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> hand me downs from Dana. <laughs> <laughs> He's like my little brother. <laughs> we and have to and I and share let me ask you something. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, I know that you. Uh, doing this podcast to interview me, but I find it interesting how both of you stay so lean. Right. What, yeah, what, that's what hard. Just give me a quick rundown. Uh, what makes you stay so lean? Are no. you disciplined with your eating or yeah. you working out? It's, or you know what? It? I realized down the line uh, at a certain point, it was my problem was more eating than working out more. So when I ate less uh, or more, thought it out more, I would lose weight faster than working out too much. So it was cut out sugar, mm -hmm. try to cut out some white flour. And then overall, it is like more of a lifestyle than just dieting or whatever. You really slowly have to start cutting stuff out when you get older and you can't eat as badly, do as much, this and that. And I sleep probably eight hours. Uh, Dana, what about you? Um, I, I ran track and field in high school, you know, distance running and cross country. Then You I, still do? Yeah, you still run. Yeah, I do run and I, and I hike. I do all kinds of things. I love... The burn, you know, you say yeah. it's better than an orgasm, you know. Yeah. I love hard cardio. Sorry, it was not, that I was hard orgasm. Oprah or something. <laughs> yeah. It's better yeah. pumping up. It's like better. I remember that it was funny. Yeah, when it's you get the burn, when you I kick love to, into that, it's I great. love to work really, really hard. I, I go up Griffith Park and I go, I redline, really. And then um, I started lifting weights, you know, in my 30s. And then I, you and I have something in common. I had a bypass that the operation wasn't done correctly, but didn't hurt me when I was 42. So, and now I'm a little older than that, but that also put me on a Mediterranean diet basically. And so my wife and I just got all the junk out of the house. We keep all the junk out of the house. If it's not right there, I don't have it. Yeah, but, yeah. And I weigh myself, Not I'm not neurotic about it, but I just keep track. It's like a report card yeah. for me. And I'm not trying to get too thin. I just try to stay around this weight because yeah. it feels, I feel lighter on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Well, no, I, I just think that 
it is so important that we stay lean, mm-hmm. even though I'm not lean. Well, you look great. But you I mean, I, I'm just telling you that I, I always, like the you. day <laughs> I got to this age now mm-hmm. where I admire people much more when they're lean than when they're bulked up. Yeah. Because I think lean is where the action is. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> you know, the true. body just, uh, no, but the, the body yeah. just is, is, yeah. is it lives better. longer mm-hmm. when you're lean. Yeah. I, I, I look at my dogs. You know, the dogs that usually, the, the bigger dogs, they wipe out with the age of 12, 13, 14. I have this little dog, uh, you know, Noodle. Little dog <laughs> like this, he's like 14 and a half years old, runs around, <laughs> jumps up on every bench, yeah. and just uh, still attacks all the other dogs when they're nasty, just the teeth, you know, has full full of energy, but it's little. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to live for the next, uh, you know, uh, I'm more 10 like years Noodle, probably. I think. It's yeah. just amazing. <laughs> No, I'm noodle and so dangerous. No, but like... I'm just saying, yes, I'm comparing them because, uh, because it doesn't <laughs> matter if right, you're an animal or if you're a human being. <laughs> being leaner and being yeah. lighter is means a longevity, means that you're around mm-hmm. a long time. Okay. Yeah. Can I do 10 push-ups now and have you analyze just my form? Just to start. I, we Absolutely. will both. My form. I will You can too. do it. Yeah, he's taking the mic with him. Taking the mic out so I can talk. Okay, let's see it. Just doing 10. Do you want me to hold it? Shake a little bit. Do you want me to hold your No, I'll go down for it. Okay. So it depends where I want it. Here comes Dana. He's doing. Basically. So I'm in the push-up position. Looks a little girly man right now. One. Shaking. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. No pauses. Eight. Nailing it. Nine. Ten. Perfect. Perfect. Get the oxygen. It was fantastic. It was very, very strict. And you, what was good about it was that your body stayed absolutely flat. Right. You, did, you didn't, you didn't, put the you butt didn't up. buckle in with the, at the waistline yeah. like a lot of people do and stuff you gotta like that. You got to keep your glutes on. You, you just stayed so with you like a board, straight, yeah. totally flat. That's the greatest Disciplined. Compliment. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I do. And I do lat pulls. I do stuff for the back. Yeah, yeah. And um, mobility is all the rage now. I think it's it's yeah. great. Hip mobility. Yeah. All right. Well, All good right. job. Anyway, Arms good good to see you guys. Good luck with day. the book. It's thank great. Thank you. Thank you for your help appreciate with the it. book and all that stuff. I really appreciate that. The book is and, great. And uh, we will stay in touch. Yeah, of yes. course. Always fun All to right. see you, buddy. We will work together again. That would be great. In something. Let's do something. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 